It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, man. Anything's yeah. possible. Rainy days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it like when Tatum play a Jalen on the breakaway or Kyrie when he make a trade and nothing like the terrible analysts on the TV. So in depth that after you play it, you got to repeat. So in depth, they might do an hour about the D-League. So in depth, you probably should pay him, but it's a freebie. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King locked on trying to get the 18th ring. And well wishes go to Gordon. Listen, after every game is very important, Millie. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thank you for making us part of your daily routine. Wherever it is that you're going, whatever it is that you're doing right now, thank you for taking us along for the ride. We're the Rain and Jays, John Corrales, Sam, Jam, Packard, here to recap a couple of games from the weekend, a Friday, Saturday, a weird Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. And, of course, we've got the big Australian boat. We're going to talk about Tito and nickname thing that just won't die and which is fine for me and it's all going to be brought to you by our friends at greats.com greats.com is brooklyn's first sneaker company they offer great men's and women's styles for every kind of look that you want this is a they got a big holiday sale going on i'm going to give you the promo code later for 15 percent off your first purchase on top of it so we'll get to that in a minute but sam they played the Magic on Friday and just blew the doors off of them, which was nice to see a, a team come in and have just get decimated. None of this craziness. And then the Pacers, uh, a little bit of a letdown at the beginning, but then just running away with things in the third quarter. Yeah, this, this I was, we were just talking about <laughs> the game, but it feels like the uh, the Celtics are I'm I'm ready to call them officially a good basketball team. Uh, they're handling opponents exactly, uh, how they should. Like, whack-ass teams like the Orlando Magic come into town and they just pass the ball over the court. Uh, that was a really good thing to see. And it's something Brad Stevens, uh, said that team emphasized was trying to get the ball side to side, getting paint touches and getting it to the other side of the floor. But they really did a good job against the Magic of just thoroughly dominating, um, that entire game. Uh, Kyrie Irving didn't even have to play the fourth quarter, uh, Everyone contributed. And then uh, on a back-to-back where you're not – you don't have Jalen Brown, you don't have Marcus Morris, uh, it's like the, the Celtics did a very good job of taking that initial punch from the Pacers who play extremely fast and were doing a good job of uh, getting to the rim and getting out in transition. But this the Celtics, because they are officially good, took that punch, made the adjustments at halftime, and had another just very good third quarter. And it's amazing how quickly – like the they can erase a 10 point lead it's just uh you'd rather they not get in those holes but there's no you like as a fan just watching you have complete confidence in them to put together three stops get out and make some transition transition baskets and um that's what they've been doing in the second half making those adjustments clamping down on d so celtics good basketball team Sam Patrick, <laughs> hot take artist they are officially good at 18 and 3, best record in the NBA. Officially good. Uh, yeah, the, whatever happened, what the hell happened to Orlando? They get some injuries, I guess, but 
man, what a free fall. Uh, the, the Pacers game followed more of a template for the Celtics where they have problems in the first half, specifically, mostly, the second quarter. The second quarters have been uh, problems for the Celtics. They, in the second quarter, were outscored by the Pacers 22-18. To, uh, and that's just more of a struggle because they're, they're throwing out these Jason Tatum-led lineups, and no, he's just not ready to kind of take over in that, in that role. So as that all gets sorted out, let me just read to you a thing that was on Mass Live that the, the difference between the Celtics' first half and second half, and you can follow along with this based on the how the Pacers game went. So, according to NBA.com, Celtics have outscored, have been outscored by 2.6 points per 100 possessions during first halves. They have outscored their opponents in the second halves by 16.6 points per 100 possessions. So, basically, their second half, they're playing like the Warriors. In the first half, they're playing like the Mavericks. So, I don't know what you think, but... I think a lot of this may change down the road as the Celtics, I think they're, they're experimenting right now. Tatum is coming out of the game early. They're putting him in to start the second quarter. He played the entire second quarter against the, um, the Pacers, and that didn't go well. And I think if there's one criticism of Tatum, it's that he's just not – Aggressive enough to be like the man scoring in that on that second unit. Played 12 minutes, he took five shots and scored three points. Not not great. And I just wonder if that's going to be something that he grows into this season, or if Brad Stevens is going to do something different and play the second quarter almost like he plays the fourth quarter with Kyrie Irving starting the quarter or or something like that, and then then you don't have that second quarter kind of low. Yeah, that second quarter is going to be, a, a, I feel like, the an issue for the Celtics moving forward because they don't, they have yet to find a consistent bench unit or like kind of rotation that allows them to get easy buckets. And you're right, the Tatum, uh, as much as we'd like to see him be um, more aggressive, uh, is something he has to grow into. And I think it's the type of thing where Brad's going to continue experimenting, and that's what he does. It feels like uh, every year, early on in the season, he's experimented with a bunch of different lineups to try and figure out what works. Um, and I think it's all right for just to try a bunch of different things right now, um, considering that they have the ability to kind of shorten the rotation in the third quarter, make the adjustments, and kind of uh, you expect them to win. But I don't know if there is a, a clear answer right now of how to kind of figure out not to have that second half low. Because at some point, like Kyrie Irving and Al Horford are not going to be on the court. Uh, it's just it's the way rotations work, unless you like truly try to stagger them for the entire game, which I don't know. It's like worth going all the way out of your way to do. You're going to have to get some points out of Jason Tatum, Mar- uh, Marcus Smart, maybe. Who knows? He made some shots on uh, Saturday night, which was shocking to see. Uh, I don't know if Tito can keep putting up 20 points a game. I don't know if that's sustainable, but they're going to, you're right. They're going to have to figure out a way to generate offense, especially in that second unit. And I think it's going to, there's going to be some growing pains, but the, the fact that they can clamp down and kind of 
no matter how far they're down, even if they're down double digits, uh, it seems like they can find a way to, to come back. So you're right. I think it's an issue. Uh, and I don't know what the exact answer is. I think Tatum is going to get more aggressive with time. But other than that, um, maybe it's just ISO Mook. Who knows? Yeah. You know, look, the Celtics, they were without Morris. They were without Jalen Brown. So there's, there is some level of, you know, we can't look at the indie game as the perfect example. As Chris Forsberg laid out on Twitter, Celtics were without two starters. They're on a second night of a back-to-back on the road, playing the fifth game in eight nights in a fifth different city, and starting a center who was a healthy did not play the night before. So all of those things into account, it's a sloppy start to the game is not the worst thing in the world. I do think that second unit in that game would have maybe included Marcus Morris. And look, they they started Abdel Nader, who is great in the G League, but not getting enough minutes to get any sort of consistency here. And he was he spent three minutes being pretty not great in that in that. The people uh, of Celtics Twitter hate Abdel Nader. He's become the new uh, public enemy number one. Like anytime he comes in, and I can't say they're wrong because he has not played that well, but. Uh, I, I'm going the other way, uh, but you're right. Abdel Mater getting minutes is generally not a good sign for, yeah. uh, for the Celtics. I'd rather Shane Larkin be the spark plug, but I just don't think he has enough size. Right. Well, I mean, Shane Larkin came in for Nader three minutes into the quarter. So it was pretty quick that, you know, pretty quickly realized by Brad Stevens that the Nader thing wasn't working. Look, on a back to back, they've got a crush of games that I've talked about on this show for a million, you know, a million times already that, they're playing every other night, or if they're not every other night, they're freaking back to back. So you got to extend the bench. You can't just keep playing the same guys thirty-five minutes. You've got to just extend the whole bench and and get guys these minutes because you you got to preserve them for a whole season. There's going to be a playoff run. There's a whole there's a whole season to consider. So yeah, Nader is going to get time. Larkin is going to get time. Ojale is going to get some extended run. Uh, I'm surprised they didn't put Jabari Bird in there. But, you know, you, you, you can't expect Abdel Nader to just come in out of nowhere and say, oh, yeah, be good. Be a good player. Like, he's the one guy of all the guys in this team. He's the one guy that they've put in and, been, and, and it just isn't working out exactly right right now. So, but... I don't. I just don't want the the whole second quarter thing to be Jason Tatum and the boys, and and everybody just forgets the other four guys that are on the floor and say, well, Tatum's struggling a little bit. That is true, but there are other things going on there. And you know, look, fourth quarters you're starting Kyrie Irving, so of course third and fourth quarters are going to be a little bit different. But it's just going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out. I don't think this is going to last forever. I do think that they're going to uh, change the, change the the way the substitution patterns work. I think after Christmas, Brad Stevens is going to figure out enough. He's going to he will have gathered enough data to come up with stronger lineups. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. Here's a, here's an idea I just thought of, and believe me, uh, I have done zero thinking about this, but we saw Marcus Smart um, do better, shoot better when he was a starter. Uh, I don't know if you changed the lineups, but what about making Jalen Brown kind of the go-to guy in in the second quarter instead of having it be Tatum and the rookies, or Tatum and the young guys, it would be Jalen Brown and the young guys. Uh, that guy is a, he's shown that he can be a volume scorer at times, especially if his shot is falling. I don't know if you want to take him out of the starting lineup, but maybe Jalen's your first sub, uh, and then you bring him back in the second. I mean, that could be a possibility. They could start trying that. I, I just think maybe they're thinking that Tatum is a better shooter, maybe a better all-around offensive player, but uh, look, I'm, I'm actually a proponent. I've been thinking about we talk about the, the the Marcus Morris lineups because Marcus Morris so far has been a net negative, and it's early still with him. You're, kind of, you're saying that statistically because I say like in all of his presence, he's been a net positive in my life, but statistically <laughs> a net negative. Statistically on the basketball court, yes, not in Jam Packard's, you know. Whatever. General worldview. Thank you. So, um, I'm thinking that you might want to start smart, bring Morris off the bench, and then somehow work things where Morris is back with that second unit. Like he plays, he plays a few minutes off the bench to start. The, you know, in the first quarter somewhere, you sit him down, you bring him back to start the second. And then Morris becomes your kind of go-to ISO scorer. He, he's not afraid to take that shot. And I think if if you have a bunch of guys who are tentative, then you throw him out there and you say, go for it. Go be that guy. We need somebody to be aggressive. He can go be that guy. I, I, I ISO know. Mook. I'm ISO all, Mook. I, think, I think it might work. And I think it's a lot of it depends on matchups because – I think tomorrow or when you guys are listening to this, uh, the game against the Pistons, it's going to be a game where you expect with Drummond playing, uh, you expect Baines to start, you expect him to have size. So uh, Mook will come off the bench. 
He's going to be very motivated playing against his old team. I'm expecting big things from him. Um, but it's definitely lineup based because you'll see uh, Brad kind of flip when or when starting Mook, when starting Baines. So um, I think it's like a it's a very fluid situation. But uh, I think against the Pistons, who are playing very good basketball right now, mm-hmm. it's going to kind of be interesting to see. And that I just remembered. This is a, the return of Avery Bradley to the Garden, so it should be a pretty cool night uh, against the Pistons. Yeah, yeah, Pistons coming in Monday night game. Avery Bradley's return. Uh, we'll get to that in a second, but first, I want to tell you about our new friends at Greats.com. Greats.com is a really great, hence the name, shoe company. They are Brooklyn's first sneaker company, and they are uh, just amazing. I love them. They sent me a pair of the Royale Blanco, and they are fresh. They're all white, all white everything, which I think goes with just about everything. You can dress them up. You can dress them down. There's all sorts of things that you can do with those shoes, and they're very comfortable. I think they look very stylish, and they are in a bunch of different styles for men, for women. Classic styles, some more you know traditional styles. More kind of, you know, sneakery things, dressy things, casual things. They're doing a whole big sale on greats.com right now for the Black Friday. So you can go on. You could also use the promo code locked on. Use the promo code locked on and you will get 15% off your first purchase. It's great for holiday shopping. You know, now you're out there and you're in that mode of going and buying things for people. So if you've got a sneakerhead in your life, if you've got somebody who's just really into fashion and stuff, go ahead and, and buy them some of these sneakers. There's, like I said, everything. Leather, you know, more more traditional stuff for men and for women. It's a perfect gift. Or if you want to buy a gift for yourself, absolutely. They've got, like I said, the Royale, the lace-up. They've got the Worcester slip-on. All great choices on greats.com. 15% off your first purchase with the promo code Locked On. They've got a big sale going on, uh, so check them out. Uh, all right, uh, Avery Bradley coming back on Monday. That's a big deal, right? It should be. He has been like the major uh, person in this Brad Stevens era who's uh, who was there from the start. He's a great Celtic, and he should get a very long-standing ovation. It's going to be very cool. I always think the Celtics and Celtics fans are very good at acknowledging um, kind of players who have come through, players that they very much appreciate. And if you were a Celtics fan and you watched the Celtics for the past however many years, uh, you should appreciate Avery Bradley. And uh, I expect a very cool moment Monday night when he gets announced. Yeah, I mean, it should be it should be a lot of fun. I think he's the one guy that's basically universally loved around Celtics Nation. So I, I'm looking forward to it. It's kind of funny. We haven't talked about Avery Bradley at all, at all this season, other than to say... Jalen Brown is filling in very nicely and, and basically doing everything that Avery Bradley used to do. Except for the occasional, the only thing that we haven't seen out of Jalen Brown is that one or two possessions against uh, a, an amazing guard where Avery Bradley used to just go and tap dance and just be right up in that guy's face and somehow, you know what I'm talking about, he had like that whole big explosion like you you hit a power up on a video game and it's like super defense mode Jalen Brown's not capable of doing that but Jalen Brown has done amazing stuff defensively 
And look, the Celtics have the best defense in the league, so I guess it stands to reason that we're not sitting here going, oh, man, I wish we had Avery Bradley. I mean, we, of course, wish we had Avery Bradley, but it'd be, you know, it'd be nice to have him also on this team, but... Yeah. I don't even know if they'd have, like, enough minutes to go around if they have Avery Bradley, you know? It'd be uh, it'd be a very confusing kind of rotation, and you don't... Like, I, Jalen Rozier or Smart just wouldn't get the, the same amount of minutes, so... Um, as much as I just advocated for this huge ovation for Bradley, it's, it's, it, the Celtics really haven't missed him this year. Glad, but I, glad he's gone. <laughs> Boo this man. Boo him. No. <laughs> no, you know who, you know who would have lost the most minutes? Your boy. That? Tito. Tito. Tito would have lost the most minutes. Exactly. So the, for the rise of the Tito movement, Avery Bradley's departure was, uh, in fact, very important. The one thing I'm, I am excited is to see the kind of the, the one-on-one matchup between him and Kyrie, because that was always electric when it was uh, Kyrie was on the Cavs. Um, Avery is supposed to be the best one-on-one defender in the NBA, and Kyrie has the most absurd handles I've ever seen. So uh, that matchup it will always be fun. Um, so get excited. Uh, and plus, the Pistons are a good basketball team. I feel like when the Celtics are playing teams like the Magic and the Pacers. And the Mavericks, uh, a bunch of teams that are not that great. Like, this is the first kind of true, I guess they've been tested before they played the Warriors. But it's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's good to see them against better competition because the, it really feels like Andre Drummond has figured it out. He's no longer like, you can't hack a Drummond. You can't basically put him off the court. He's playing hard. Um, and the Celtics don't really, as big as Aaron Baines is, as he's bigger as all of Australia, like they just don't have like the, a lot of size. So we'll see if the rebounding um, is maintained. It should be a very good basketball game on Monday night. Absolutely. Now the Pistons are twelve and six. They are seven and two at home, five and four on the road. So that might play into uh, a little something. For some reason, they're not as good on the road. They're not great. <clears throat> excuse me. In conference, their point differential. Is, is not great. Just they're, they're outscoring teams by just about two points, which is uh, they're second in the conference right now, but they are, what's this, three, four, fifth in the conference when it comes to point differential with the Celtics at the top. So not only do they have the best record, they get the best point differential. So this will be a tough game, but uh, something, something happens to the Pistons on the road. So we'll see if that can, if that can hold uh, form. Uh, we got to mention the Tito stuff before we get to the boat. Because the Tito thing, it's continue, it's it continues. Like I don't know. I feel like the origin of this is getting lost a little bit. But you, Sam Jam Packard, are the originator of Tito. I I am. I think I, that's a hundred percent true. I went back on my Twitter timeline today just to see the earliest mention. Uh, it was in October of last season, and I've got to be honest right now. At first, I tried the Tito nickname on Tyler Zeller. I started calling him Tito Zeller. Um, it did not fit. Uh, I no, guess I just really – I don't ever I really, recall that. Oh. Exactly. It was. It didn't catch on. I think I had like two or three tweets about that. Um, but my thinking is clearly that if you have any talent and you're a cool guy and your name begins with T, Tito's the way to go. And uh, it's just been a weird, weird thing that it got like so big this year. Um, but like, but you did not know, mishear. Yeah. You did not mishear T Row and say Tito. 
That's not the origin of the nickname. That's no, just, I just I wanted to call him Tito. Like that's just that's his name begins with a T. His name it's Tito, and now it's just like when you have Abby Chin asking him about it after the game. It's just and like my my notifications blow up. It's crazy. And because it was on a Friday night, uh, I actually like, went into the locker room post game. Um, normally we record this, uh, the podcast immediately. And I actually went up to Tito and I was like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry. You keep asking all these questions. Like I'm the guy who invented it. He was like, Oh, cool. Uh, why Tito? And I was just like, I have no idea, but, um, that's what I call you. And he said, <laughs> he said he was appreciative. He supports the movement. He, um, says we should, uh, I, I tried to float the idea of a Tito Three Sticks t-shirt. He said he was cool with that. So, I don't know. I feel like uh, I still have a bunch of people saying he hates Tito. I think he was just confused. And now that he has finally met me and acknowledged that, like, I've been calling him Tito for two years, I think we have no – we've only have places – only place to go is up. I saw a think piece today on Hardwood Houdini about why Tito is important. And once you reach the think piece stage, you know you've reached your like your culturally relevance. That's it. That's it. People are talking about this nickname. This nickname is born through you, through us on the show. Well, you know, I'm just gonna latch onto it myself and just kind of pump it up, though. Give me proper credit. We we gotta get Jay King on board, though, because he's not. I think you know what when Austin Ainge tweeted about it, and that's what blew this up. Because Tito, look. You've been calling him Tito. Uh, we've been trying to to kind of get it going on the podcast. I've I've come along. Jay certainly has been the slowest adopter of Tito, and we've been kind of you know busting his balls about it. Then Austin Ainge, for some reason, tweeted about it and put it into everybody's consciousness. And I think ever since then, Jay King's like, yeah, it's Tito for sure. No no doubt about it. Tito three sticks it is. Uh, so, hey, look, we're, we'll sit there and just kind of watch this keep blowing up. We got to get Tito on the show. We got to get him on the show to talk about this and see. Who knows? Who knows what will happen? That, that's the that's the best part. I just want to say shout out to all the people I see on Twitter who are Team Tito. And anytime this comes up, we're just like saying like, no, it is Tito. Like. I don't know. It's just like amazing to me what the internet can do and the fact that dumb things that come from my mouth have spread to a large number of people is amazing. And it's uh, uh I'm just happy happy to happy that that has happened. Yeah, it's I would be proud of myself if I were you, my man. I would definitely be proud. Uh so speaking of being proud of yourself, why don't we do the big Australian boat? Well, come on down to the boat, big Australian Bobby. <laughs> oh, that's going to be another thing. Huge shout out to our fans in Australia. I was um, – it feels like we have – we dominate the Australian market. We have so many fans who tweet at us from Australia. I just want to give a big shout out to them. They are trying to teach me about Aussie rules football and which team I should join. Um, it's all very confusing, but they have real cool mascots. But I just wanted to – before we get to the big Aussie boat, I wanted to give them a shout out because they're great. Oh, we've been big in Australia since the beginning, man. I love – and I want to just shout out – general shout out to everybody in all the different countries because we are international by by a long shot. We're everywhere. And people will say, oh, yeah, because we're constantly giving love to our friends down in Australia, which, you know, down consider, under. considering the boat that we're doing and all that stuff, we've got a special connection now 
with through Aaron Baines. But a definite shout out to everybody around the world who listens to us. But we're definitely the the Australia thing is just a a, a unique connection. I want to see. I want to learn more about this Australian rules football. I know it's vicious. It's kind of crazy. Like, I what? yeah. I I was watching some clips recently. It looks pretty badass. Um, apparently, there's like twenty team or no, there's ten teams in the city of Melbourne. Melbourne. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but that's where Kyrie Irving was born. There's a lot of good connections. So, uh, shouts to the Aussies and uh, shouts to everyone else who's worldwide. It's really cool to. Like I'm just, we're just guys talking, and it's really cool that people all over the world are listening to us. So, um, that's the that's the sentimental moment of the week. <laughs> I love it. All right, let's do the boat. We've got four games to choose from. Going it's been a while to... since we did a boat, did we? Is yeah, this true? no, we did because I did last Sunday by myself. I sold uh, last Sunday's show uh, because you were traveling. We couldn't we couldn't get everybody together. So that it's been a while since we together have done a boat. So we've got this week spans from Monday, the Dallas win in overtime, the Miami streak buster, Orlando and Indiana. So you got a lot of a lot of basketball to choose from here to to get your boat going. I'll give you the honors. Uh masked, woked, untucked, Kyrie Irving. God damn that guy's good at basketball. Yeah. Oh man, he is oh, he is a professional scorer. He does things that are absurd. He makes layups look easy that are incredibly hard. Uh, he is uh, great. His mask eyes keep getting a little bit bigger and bigger. I just enjoy everything about him. He's great. He belongs on the boat. He definitely belongs on the boat. He's an excellent first choice. I am going to go with the rookie, Jason Tatum, who has just been phenomenal all year long. Had some big performances this week. Had big fourth quarters. He had, uh, let's see, 15 points against the Mavs. He had 18 against Miami. Orlando, not a big night, but he didn't play as much. Uh, 11 points there. And then against Indiana, he had, uh, what's the number there? 11 points against the Pacers. So I just think Tatum has been rock solid. All, all throughout this whole thing, I love the kid. I got a big thing coming out on Boston.com tomorrow, Monday. So if you're listening to this before Monday, get ready get ready for it. And then if you're listening to this on Monday, go to Boston.com and search for my uh, Jason Tatum. Just kind of a progress report. The numbers for Tatum are really good. Like, he is really good. And if you do, like, the adjusted for, like, the per 100 possessions – He's, he's hanging pretty close to Ben Simmons, who is the consensus rookie of the year choice. Hashtag not my ROI. Hashtag not my <laughs> ROI. If he was an actual rookie, I'd support that. But you know, he's going to get the rookie of the year. But Tatum is clearly best in his draft class at this point. So shouts to him, and he's on the boat. Yeah, his, I'm just continually impressed by his length and his finishing around the rim. He's done some crazy one-handed scoop shots uh, that have just been incredibly impressive. And it seems like he's got a smoother three-point stroke. So come on down to the boat. Oh, man, that was a terrible accent. I don't yeah. even know what I was trying with that, that one, was... and I apologize. Um, let's move on quickly to Al Horford. He's a beautiful man. He's got gorgeous eyes. And he is, I legitimately think, the MVP of this team. He's been amazing on defense. And we've seen him 
continue to be an amazing passer, continue to make plays out of the low post. Like he's been very aggressive, at least in the last two games. He had that absurd uh, up and under move, Kevin McHale style. Uh, I just have really liked what I've seen. And just my favorite Al Horford moments are the ones where he gets the ball in the high block and is in the post and just is surveying, just waiting. And eventually someone makes a cut, and he is so patient. He always makes the right basketball play. Um, so he definitely belongs on Aaron Bain's big Australian boat. Oh, absolutely. Just going through some of his performances here. It's so it's funny. So he spent the first part of the week like not scoring. So uh, Horford against Dallas had three points, but was tied for the second highest plus minus with a plus fifteen. So Horford, talk about impacting winning. Seven assists to lead the team. Oh, no, wait, sorry, Marcus Smart had eight, but seven assists to be second on the team. Eight rebounds, so he did things to win there against Miami. He struggled a little bit against Miami, but he still had uh, a plus eight to lead the team. Against Orlando, he was, let's see, against Orlando, Horford was a plus 19, second on the team, but only scoring five points, but he had 10 assists. All of those assists in the first half, because he didn't have to play much in the second half, he, in the first half, had 10 assists, and Orlando, as a team, had 11. So that's that's what Horford brings to the table there. And then he had, and when he's a oh sorry go ahead no go ahead. I'm just gonna say he had 21, 21 six and five filling up the stat sheet against the Pacers. Okay. Yeah, when he's playing aggressively, it's it's gonna be you're gonna see the assists. Like when they play through Horford and he is at his most aggressive, it might not necessarily manifest itself in points, but it's gonna be just him being a playmaker. And uh, he is incredibly important for the Celtics team. Uh, and it's just amazing the young young Al the energy he's playing with. So definite. Uh, I'd be surprised if there was times he didn't get on the boat for this entire year, but he, he feels like a permanent member. I, I would, I would say that I'm going to put Jalen Brown Although, on the boat. Go ahead. Although, Oh no, I got nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put Jalen Brown on the boat. He started the week off with uh, 22 points against the, uh, the Mavericks and was a big part of that, that comeback. 22 and 9 against the Mavericks. Then, not huge numbers after that, but if for nothing else, for playing through some of the worst personal heartache that you're going to have, and for him to just show up and play as well as he's played for, in memory of his, of his, his fallen friend, just, it's, it's heartbreaking. But he, shooting lights out in the first couple of games this week, and then I think against Orlando, he he might have struggled a little bit more because he I, I know he was heading down for the funeral, but just through it all, amazing performances. So Jalen Brown definitely gets recognition. Yeah, just for personal strength and uh, getting through those th- tough times. I mean, I who would be who would we be to deny him boat access? We'd Absolutely. be terrible people. Absolutely. Uh, you want? Do you have any more? Uh, I think there's a little guy named Tito Three Sticks who put up his career high and then 20 points. I think he deserves some access. Definitely. Uh, he's definitely. He's been shooting with confidence and watch out, worlds. He's they're so happy they didn't trade him for sure, uh, Serge Ibaka. Um, he's he's been quite good and definitely boat person. And then I have one final guy, a bit of a, a bit of an outsider. I'm gonna put um, 
Kyle Draper on the boat for his oh, debut. Um, yeah, I thought he was great. I really liked Kyle uh, doing play-by-play with Scal. I thought they had a good dynamic. Kyle Draper watches the the games like I do, making like involuntary noises when Kyrie does something. Thing like he was just going oh after like a Kyrie basket, and he like sounded like Master P out there. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to say Kyle Draper. Uh, first non-player to get access to Aaron Baines' big Australian boat. Wow. All right. I think that's a good place to stop. Shouts to Kyle Draper. I thought Shouts he did a fine job. I thought he did a fine job. You know, he he and Scal have a, a report. It's a totally different dynamic. And, you know, they're they're more joking. They're more like taking taking uh, shots at one another and and going for the joke a little bit more often, I think. Which is, uh, if you know anything about me, you know I like jokes. Yeah. Um, so I'm all for that type of broadcast, especially on a on a random Saturday night uh, when they're playing at Indiana. I just I enjoyed what Kyle's doing. Bang 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 is a, a interesting catchphrase, to tr- but I like the moxie he had going for it. Yeah, that's it. You know, it, it's it's it was fun. It was fun. I think he did a decent job. It'd be interesting to see how they do this moving forward, and it's. I don't want to. I don't want to bring it down or anything like that. But like, it's the first time you really start to think of like, oh my god, we're gonna have to like think about life beyond Mike and Tommy at some point here soon. You know, I think we got used to it with Scal, and you know, we see Tommy enough. But you know, God, I'm so used to Mike Gorman calling these games forever. Like that's, oof. So good, good for good for Drapes for uh, doing a good job. That that's not easy to go in there and do play-by-play to replace uh, a legend, even for one game. So, good for him. And I'm just realizing that uh, the reason Mike Gorman wasn't there was uh, because of his 70th birthday. Uh, So, let's invite that guy on the boat, too, uh, as the Raining Jays' official birthday present to uh, (laughs) Mike Gorman. Hey, I like that. I like that a lot. Mike Gorman, happy birthday, 70th birthday. You get him right on the boat. It's a party boat now. Mike Gorman's here. Mike Gorman and Tito Three Sticks popping champagne. Can you imagine that scene? <laughs> I, I do every night. <laughs> uh, be sure to go to greats.com, everybody, and use the promo code Locked On. You get 15% off your first sneaker purchase. They're really just good-looking sneakers. And if you want something that's sneaker but not like your typical Nike Adidas type of thing, these are these are more lifestyle sneakers. So they've got other sneaker looking sneakers, but they if you want to, that whole look, uh, dressing up your your stuff with some some cool sneakers, a bunch of different styles, they've got them for men and women. Greats.com promo code locked on to get fifteen percent off your first purchase. And of course, be sure to subscribe if you're not a regular subscriber to the show. Search for Locked On Celtics wherever you get your podcast, even on Spotify. We are there. Spotify curates all of their stuff, and they've chosen us to be in their podcast rotation. It's a great honor, so thank you to them. And if you are a subscriber, be sure to leave us a good review, five-star rating, and spread the word. Let everybody know. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell random people on the street to listen to us, the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.
Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.